This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 449. And the quote of the day is, what comes easy won't last long, and what lasts long won't come easy. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. Yo, yo, what's going on, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, episode 449, and thanks for tuning in, thanks for checking it out, and I'm finally uh, just getting settled in in LA in perfect time for me to fly to New York to work on a different podcast project that I have going on. So uh, as you're listening to this, I'm either on a flight to New York City or I'm in New York City. Uh, I'm in New York all week until, well, until Wednesday, so... But thanks for checking this out. This is an episode that Brian and I recorded a while back, and I'm sharing it again the same way that I, I've shared some of these other ones that I've recorded previously, like some of these master classes, because the information is invaluable. It is such timeless information, and I think it could do everyone good listening to this about, you know, the things that Brian has done to grow his career over the years. I mean, he's played with everyone. He's played with Usher and Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. He's been with Justin for, for the last, I don't know, four or five years now, I think. And coincidentally, I just, I sent him a text message and said, Hey man, just let you know, we are re-releasing the, the masterclass that you and I did together. Not re-releasing, but releasing it to the public. And he was like, Oh, perfect timing. I just, uh, release, or I just started a subscription service for, People who want to learn more about the industry and want to learn how to be a better professional, whether, and it doesn't have to be just for drummers, but anyone in the, in the music field. And so you can go to BFM, like Brian Fraser Moore, BFMworld.com and check out the backstage stuff that he has. It's, it's really, really cool. And I highly recommend it. So coincidence, like this is a total coincidence that, uh, that he's releasing, that he just released that, uh, as we're re-releasing this, but, uh, but perfect timing. So, uh, also I want you to do me a favor and I want you to go to dreamsymbols.com and check out some of the stuff that they have over there because they make amazing sounding symbols. They are not going to break the bank. They're way more, they're way more affordable than any other symbol out there on the market and sound amazing. And they've been supporting this podcast for years. They keep it free for you and they keep the lights on here at drummers resource. So check them out by going to dream symbols.com and without further ado let's get into this masterclass with brian fraser moore hey what's going on everybody nick ruffini here from drummers resource i got my man brian fraser moore on the call with us hey <laughs> all right so you can see me you can see brian you can hear me you can hear brian right and just so you guys know, um, Brian is in Paris right now. He literally just walked off stage with Madonna. And uh, what time is it over there, Brian? It is 1 a.m. Right. So for all you slackers out there who say that you don't want to stay up late and don't want to work late, Brian has decided to do this at, at 1 o'clock in the morning. So uh, so that's that's dedication to the craft, dedication to the art, man. We appreciate yes. it. Absolutely. This. I'm an old man too. <laughs> I know some of y'all younger than me. Don't let me beat y'all out. See that? I'm ready. <laughs> so we're gonna get started. So welcome to this this webinar, this this masterclass Q and A with Brian Fraser Moore. Let's get into uh, a little bit about who Brian is. Brian has been playing professionally for what 25 years, Brian. 25th year. So 25th anniversary. I mean, he's played with everybody from. He's played with Babyface and, and Christine Aguilera and Madonna and Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And he's on tour with Madonna now. He's played on the Super Bowl. Uh, who did I miss, Brian? I mean, you played with everybody. I don't know. I told you I'm 43. I can't remember. <laughs> I need to see it on paper. <laughs> <laughs> well, needless to say, uh, that's, that's quite, quite the resume in and of itself. And so Brian has, uh, uh, just a ton of knowledge and, and is always open to just open up his brain and, uh, and just saying, okay, I'll let you pick it. So ask me any questions that we're have that you have. So what, what we're going to do is we're, this is really going to be 
just a Q&A. So like we're going to open it up. There's not going to be any there's not though no ulterior motives here. Brian and I are just here to uh to field the questions and and answer any questions that you have. So anybody out there if you have questions you can start typing them in the questions box to the side. Um and I'm also going to I'm going to ask Brian a few questions as well. Uh but I'll let you guys start. So Now's your chance. We're going to, we're going to open up the floor and this is when everybody will get quiet and nobody types in a question because they don't want to be the, the first person to, uh, to ask it. So, uh, so let's see here. Okay. Um, so it says, so this is from Jeremy Simpson. It says, hi, can you talk us through your electronic setup and how you go about programming and uh, the routing of the signal? I'm using a big electronic setup and wanted to know how someone else does it. Cool. That's a great question. Um, I'm currently, well, I've been using for a while the uh, Kai Z8, which is uh, the MPC60 rack. It works the same way like an MP60. 128 uh, gig hard drive. I have a main in the backup. So uh, USB goes into the front of the machine. That's where I'll take the sounds from a Pro Tools guy. And he'll give me the sounds and I'll go and import them into my Z8, and which is connected to my, um, my drum cats. So then I can distribute to where I want the sound to go, whether it's uh, an electric pad, whether it's a kick drum triggered, acoustic kick drum triggered, or snare triggered, or whatever, it has uh, nine outs, individual outs, on the back of the drum cat. So I, um, currently I'm using two drum cats, so I have 18 individual outs. So it's pretty simple. I'll get the sound from the Pro Tools guy, I'll go to the Z8, put it in the machine, load it up, just like the MPC. You assign the note value. That same note value goes with the note value on the drum cat. Have uh, dial C2 in the machine is the kick drum. C2 on the drum cat, kick drum. Now, there's my sound. Put it where I want to do. Adjust the threshold, the sensitivity, get it how I want it, and, and I'm off to rolling. Awesome. Jeremy, does that, uh, does that answer your question? Also, if you guys, I saw George and Michael, uh, you guys are both asking questions. If you have a microphone hooked up, I can, I can, uh, enable your microphone and you, you'll be able to speak if you'd like. So, uh, just let me know George or Michael or, or Andrew or any of you guys, if you have a microphone, just put, raise your hand next to your, uh, you can, it says that you can, you can raise your hand. Just let me know. So that way, um, that way you guys can just ask away rather than, uh, other than uh, maybe it doesn't looks like they don't have okay George or uh, George or Michael do you guys have do you guys have a microphone no Andrew no anybody <laughs> uh, Andrew does okay so Andrew I'm gonna enable your microphone so Andrew can are you there hey Andrew what's happening man <laughs> uh, it's all good how are you guys doing well doing well so what question do you have. Oh, you just cut out there, Andrew. You're like really, really quiet. Hello? I'll read your question for you because we can barely hear you. Sorry about that. So Andrew was saying if this, if it was all a foreign language to him, uh, where would he start with the electronic setup? Is that what you were trying to, that's what you wanted to know, right, Andrew? So Brian, what do you say to that if it's a... I would say uh, the SPDSX, that's the, the Roland SPDSX, that's a good machine. So what you can do is you can take that one unit. It has two trigger inputs. So you can start with that. It already has the pads built on top of, of the machine, so you can use those. And you can take the two external trigger uh, outputs, inputs for the machine, and do uh, a snare and a kick drum. And that would be a good way to start out uh, to get you used to playing with triggers. You can adjust the threshold. You can put loops. You can do whatever you want. But I think the SPDX would be a great start for uh, someone looking to get into that. And I would imagine uh, I don't I don't use a lot of electronics, but like just to add to it of like maybe just trying a pad at a live gig and just like maybe running one sound through it or whatever. You know, just like just starting off like crawling before you can before you can walk because you know the yeah. stuff that you're doing. I mean, you have all kinds of stuff going on. Um, but that's yeah. from, from years of doing it. But the method is, is still the same. So say, for instance, like uh, 
you want to set up a pad. Now you have a pad on the side and you're playing the pad. Um, I wouldn't necessarily consider that triggering. I consider it triggering when you take a, a trigger and put it on an acoustic drum and have to set the threshold or whatever. So pads, I believe that mostly everybody can, can get that, but I encourage people to at least try to the snare and kick because that kick drum is going to be tricky. Trying to get the threshold right so you can do all your... And if I do a double kick drum, now i got a situation here where I have to tighten it up because I don't want it to trigger the double. So, or my ghost notes on the snare, um, I don't want it to trigger all the ghost notes. So i got to mess with the threshold and the sensitivity. So it would be fun, though. But I think that's a good way to start out. Right. Totally agree. Hey, um... Uh, Michael, it looks like Michael Raft, R-A-F-T, or Raffner, sorry. Do you have, <laughs> Raft, do you have a, uh, do you have a microphone, Mike, and we'll, we'll turn it on if you do. If not, then I'll read your question for you. So do me a favor, guys. If you ask a question, uh, if you do have a microphone, please raise your hand so I'll know that you have a microphone. So that way I can, uh, <laughs> Brian has a microphone. Uh, so if you've asked a question, let me know if you have a microphone so that way uh that way we can you can actually read your question. Uh that would be cool. Uh so Michael doesn't look like he raised his hand. So Brian, I'll ask I'll ask for uh for Michael. It says, um, does it matter your age when trying to get into this business? I've been playing for twenty five years also, but I didn't get serious and seek opportunities till now trying to be a working musician. What advice would you have? That's a great question. Uh, a great question. Sometimes uh, the age matters if other things matter, like uh, your style of playing. So if you're trying to get some type of gig for today's time, of course, you have to be uh, well-versed with today's music or expressing today's music. So I can be, say for me, I I think I'm old, um, but I'm 43, and... So I have to stay up on trap music. I have to stay up on electronic music. I have to stay up on gospel music so that my approach to the music is not old. So, hey, he can play, whatever. We don't care. He can, he can express. Or my look as well because in this business, people are very visual. So if you get a phone call to say, let's just say, Omari um, says it's like you know i want i want to break into the business this guy marion can uh can launch my career and give me some exposure but you dress or your your appearance is like you're going to play with frankie beverly and Maze. you know what i'm saying so it's hard sometimes when artists or musical directors have to pick uh for for a certain like i, I want a drummer for Nicki minaj I want a drummer for Chris Brown. I want a drummer for Mary J. Blige. I want a drummer for whatever. So I believe that if your look is, is you got your look together, it's presentable, it's up to date, it's fresh, it's new, and your expression on today's music, I feel it doesn't matter what age you are if those other two things are, are pretty close to current. One of the, th- hire people. One of the things that you, that you said, um, that when I interviewed you on the podcast, for those of you who don't know Brian, I interviewed Brian on the podcast uh, when he was on tour with Justin Timberlake. And the one thing that you really talked about that you, you were like, if you're trying to get a jazz gig, then you got to look like you're auditioning for a jazz gig. If you want the John Mayer gig, you can't look like you're auditioning for a jazz gig. And, you know, dressing the part and, and looking the part. And so I would definitely suggest checking out the podcast because we talk about that a lot. Uh, we get into that about, you know, branding yourself and stuff like that. But I agree, like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter age wise. Uh, just depends. Just depends on what you want to do. So, um, so Michael Scott asks, what recommendations do you have for dealing with different artist personality types? Well, artists don't have attitudes, though, right? No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. Uh, but I have to look at it like this is the business I say I want to get into. All right. So let's think about it. Everything in this business is personal even if it's business, because it's, it's ran by individuals, um, emotions, feelings, good days, bad days, leave me alone, you're not paying me any, any attention, 
it's just like normal people. So what I try to do is um, I try to find a comfort zone with each other. You can't stop them from being who they are. So forget that. But I try to find something that's genuine, that's me, that's uplifting, that's, okay, Brian's going to wear crazy socks. It could be anything, you know, but a way to the artist that, that we always have that. So it's easier to do. If, let's just say if, if an artist comes in and they say, you know what, this is all wrong. And you're like, oh, man, we've been rehearsing. This, this is just all wrong. It's like, what do you do? At that point, if I'm a musical director or if, she, if somebody's talking specifically to me, I'm going to say, all right, let's just check it out then. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Some people will say, no, it's no, it's what we rehearsed. This is, no, you're wrong. You know? So, once again, remembering that you are out there for a bigger reason, for your brand, for your family, for your lifestyle, for your dreams, your hopes, your hard work, your art, your craft, it, it'll be a little more easier to deal with this person's attitude because you're, you're getting so many things out of, out, of this, out of this situation. But the moment that you let it personally get to you, it's over. It's right. so hard to come back. Right. And you had mentioned, you know, the one thing that you had mentioned before, uh, because, I mean, you and I talk a lot about this, that so many people get fired because of their attitude. They can be great players, but like you said, somebody says, hey, this, this, uh, you know, this is wrong. And it's like, no, that's how I play it. It's, you know, it's, it's, this is how I'm going to do it. It's not wrong or something like that. And it's like, all right, we'll, we'll find somebody else to do it. And I, and you've, yeah. you know, mentioned that numerous times that, that obviously you're, you're an amazing player, but there's a lot of amazing players. And part of the reasons why you get some of the gigs too, is your attitude and you're, and, and you're easy to work with. Well, it's a, like I said, it's all run by individuals. Right. So it could, it could be, this gig is the gateway to my clothing line, to my this, to my that, to my that. This is the gateway for it. All right. Cool. I have to deal with this person's personality. Mm -hmm. You're pretty much married to them. You know what I mean? If, If working with a female artist, that's, that's your, Entertainment wife, right? <laughs> mother, that's your entertainment sister, whatever, whatever it is. So you just gotta always keep that at the forefront and 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 park your ego at the door because you know what you know. Mm-hmm. But I don't necessarily have to prove it. You, you know, you might have had a bad day. Let's just reevaluate it. The truth is going to come out anyway. You know what I'm saying? Let's let's reevaluate. All right. Well, what can we do to, to make it right? Let's 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 go. Let's run it down. See what we can get it right. Mm-hmm. At that point, that person doesn't see an attitude. That artist doesn't see an attitude. They see something that's like, huh? They might know in their mind that they've been wrong ever since they said it out their mouth. <laughs> Think about it like that. You know, they might have just had a bad day, but like, you know what? I'm absolutely wrong. But to see somebody um, to handle it like that, to say, well, you know what? Hey, let's let's check it out. Or, you messed up. Won't happen again, yo. I, this happened. I got you. I got your back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Trying to reassure because that's that's what it's about. So hopefully that that'll help. Looking at it like that, like I have to deal with this person's personality to get a check. But I have a wife at home. I have to deal with my wife, and she has a wonderful personality. But relationships are relationships. And your cousin or your uncle or your mother. You have to deal with those personalities, and those are probably difficult ones. So you can do it for this one. Yep, like you said, they're every they're, it's people, you know. So you gotta have you gotta have the people skills. Uh, the next yeah. the next question is from George. It says, "What do you think about the Motown Three drummer?" The Motown Three drummer? Yeah, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know. Who, I don't know. Uh, George, can you clarify that? We'll move to the next question, but we'll we'll come back to that. Um, yeah. John asks, what are your thoughts on Neil Peart retiring and when do you think it's time, when do you think it's a time when a drummer should retire? I think that, uh, first of all, I hate to hear that probably with, with everyone else. Um, he's, I mean, he's a hero. He's a legend and an icon. But, you know, I've been personally going through phases on, um, 
things that I don't want to do and things that I want to do. And I'm not to his level, but I can I can just tell you that it's only time for you to quit when you know it's time for you or to stop doing certain types of work or to just quit altogether or stop for profession. Any of those points, you're going to know it when, when it comes around for you. Each individual, each person is going to be different. You know, something's going to happen to them, not bad or tragic, but maybe a realization. Like, you know what? I've been doing this for this amount of time. You know what? I want to do this now. Or, I, you know what? I've paved the way for these people. Now I want to sit back and watch them. I want to produce. I want to do, you know, I'm sure he's not just going to retire from, right. <laughs> from everything, but. It reminded me. It reminded me when Ryan Sandberg retired, and he said, "The day that that I realized that that I didn't enjoy going to the ballpark like I did, and it was more, and it turned into a job, and you know, I, I started dreading going to the ballpark every day." He was like, "I could still produce, but I knew that that was the time for me to retire." You know, everybody has their their points. You know, there was a time for me where I said, "I'm not going to do any more." Um, R&B gigs. Nothing against R&B gigs, but at, you got to think, at the time I was doing it, you know, that was a little back, the money wasn't as great as it is now. Right. So uh, I, I decided I'm not going to do those anymore. And the decision just came. You know, experiences, um, anything. So mm-hmm. what I think about Neil Peart retiring, I think that He's come to that realization for himself. And there's, of course, he's one of my heroes, but I can never feel any kind of way about a man coming to a decision like that, you know, in, in, in his career. So I respect him. There you have it. Hey, so you've been hearing me talk about all of the stuff that's happening with Mapex, and it's been sort of been cryptic because I didn't even know what was going on. But now they finally released it this past week at PASIC, and it is the Black Panther Design Lab series, and it leverages 30 years of drum making experience and extensive knowledge of the science of sound to bring new sonic concepts to life. So through the sonic first methodology of the concept hybrid approach, These drums provide an unparalleled opportunity to create uniquely tailored instrument systems with additional innovative options, allowing the artist to further adapt the sound to their personal style. This is like customizing drums to a whole new level. I I recommend go over to mapexdesignlab.com and you can check it all out for yourself. This is some really ridiculously innovative stuff. Check it out by going to mapexdesignlab.com. Let's get back into it with my man, Brian Frazier Moore. Hey, Brian, this is Antonio Geary. My question is, when starting off your career as a drummer, how and where... <laughs> he said, how... I know, he, said, uh, he gave you a glaring recommendation here, but I'll read it in one second. He said, when starting off your career as a drummer, how and where would you go to get auditions gigs? He said, also, if you haven't had a one-on-one private lesson or consultation with Brian, do so. He has by far been the best teacher that I've ever had. He has so much experience and advice to share with you. Thank you. How much did you pay him to just come in here and say that? Because he like he 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 works for you. No, I'm just kidding. And I personally had consultations with Brian too. And 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 after this this call, I'm gonna there's links and everything that I'm gonna send out where you can set up a one on one private consultation with Brian. And if you're serious about this game, do it. I'm telling you right now. Like Brian and I have have done things together. And and the first thing I did when I interviewed him, I said, "Wait a minute, you do consulting?" I was like, "Shut up and take my money." Because so, um, so, so Antonio, yes, I agree. Um, after this, I want everybody to, if you're serious about this, to sign up with a, for a one-on-one consultation with Brian. Um, so, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. But so the question is when starting off your career as a drummer, how and where would you go to get auditions and gigs? Um, once again, the time was different for me when I, when I was growing up, there were, um, places where you can audition. 
there were places that you would hear about a new pop artist or a new R&B artist or soul artist, and you can go down to Center Staging or SIR and audition, you know? But unfortunately, uh, I wouldn't say that day is over, but there's uh, there's newer methods in the mix now. You Oh, no, no, because I know my homeboy... Yeah, no, my no, my cousin can do it. No, he killing. No, no, <laughs> oh, no, no, I saw this guy on on Instagram. Yeah, his name is Antonio. Good. Yeah, he killing. Yo, unfortunately, this is the day that we live in. Yep. It's, it's changed. Um. So, so my answer to that right now is um, auditions come, and if you hear about them, go to them. You know, represent, learn the music, learn the music. Learn the music, um, learn the instrumentation of, of, if you're a drummer, learn the instrumentation. If it's a high-pitched snare drum, then do the ten-inch snare, and there's something that can emulate the sounds of the records. But as far as uh, another route is, it's just knowing the players in the game. Look, I grew up in a time when we talked about this, but there was no internet. Now, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but I feel like today's time, I feel like y'all got a little advantage. Yep. Y'all got a big advantage, I'm sorry. We got a huge advantage, yo. So, you know the players of the game, and you do what you got to do to get your product, something that's going to impress them, to that person. Mm-hmm. Create relationships, you know. There it is. Before, if you wanted musical director that lived in LA to see you play, you had to be in LA, okay, at something that he was attending to be able to play. Now you gotta do is, is, is make something and send it. Mm-hmm. That's just how I look at it. That's a perfect tie-in to the next question. Jeremy, Jeremy Schreifels is uh, is on here. Jeremy's a buddy of mine and a fan, yeah. fantastic player too. Um, how do you gain access to getting big tours if you're not in the hubs of New York, LA, or Nashville? Well, here's a story for you. I'm from Philadelphia. I moved to Los Angeles and continued my work. Really? I moved to Los Angeles and continued my work because none of the musical directors I work with lived in any of those cities. So it doesn't matter. Once again, today's time, you got musical directors that are in Florida. You got musical directors that are in Delaware. You got musical directors that are in Jersey, Oakland. Once again, I, I think, here's, here's something. I think that if people are trying to get gigs or get the call, you find out, you target who is the person in control. Who's, who's, who's controlling what? Let me just know the players of the game. All right? And then what you do is you go back and you look at the drummers that are already playing on the gigs and you study them. Because what's going to happen if you get a new gig you're still going to have to come in with the standard of what's already being done. Right? But if you go on a gig that another drummer used to be at, now you're going to have to come up to the standard of where that drummer was so that your artists don't come in and say, what happened? So, so that the artists can come in and say, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, be familiar. So know all the players in the game. Who's hiring? Who's moving this? Who's musical director? What drummer is on here? What is he doing? So, so how is he grooving? Does he? How's he like? How does he express? Where is he put? You know, I think uh, in today's time it's very uh, not very easy, but it's 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 not too hard to be able to reach out to the right people with some good content. That's the thing. I, you know, if you're in the, you know, if you're in a different area, uh, you know, if you're in whatever, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, but if you're trying to get to somebody that's in Miami, you better have some, some great assets online that people can look at. And, you know, so that if they check you out, they don't have to go to Tuscaloosa to see you. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, so the next question is from JC Clifford, my man, JC. He said, what was it like growing up in Philly with the likes of Spanky McCurdy, little John Roberts, Chuck Treese, Nick Ruffini, um, amongst amongst others. <laughs> it was, uh, incredible, man. Nothing like it ever in my life. I mean, 
when when I was growing up, I started playing like at Fellowship Tabernacle on the church, maybe like seven, five, seven years old. And uh, later on, maybe like my early teens is when um, I, I ran into uh, Little John Roberts. And actually, he was a percussionist, and um, his uncle, Jonathan, was a drummer, chilling. He's smashing. So that's my first time experiencing them. So it was me and John, Chuck Trees. I remember Chuck Trees. He was always the authentic boy, man. He could play straight ahead. He could play He could play everything. And then pick up the bass and smash on that. Um, Spanky, Spanky, uh, Spanky, Boots, Little Dow. This is like the generation that took it took it from us and blew it out the sky. So once that mix of, of this generation and that generation mixed together, it was crazy. Sheds were like pretty much underground concerts, man, you know, uh, of amazing players coming together, keyboard players, bass players, going to the studio, going down to Larry Golds and all the people that he produced, and Questlove and all of them being down there, James Poyser. All of that, man, from the gospel circuit to the clubs to the conventions to Silk City to Orleans to everywhere, man. And it's just like a, it was great growing up there with the amount of talent and friends and brothers. And you, and, and you took the thing that people don't realize is you took Spanky under your wing because Spanky's younger than you. I mean, he's, he's Spanky's younger than me. Uh, I didn't. I didn't necessarily have time to take Spanky, and he was doing his thing. But he, I mean, he's told me, and I, and I, I, I like I'm touched when he'll tell me like I'm inspired by you, or like I was looking at you, and like that means a lot. You know, right. Coming, coming. I mean, he's a he's a beast, or like Boots, or Lil Daryl. Rashid and all these guys that I respect and that are killing, smashing. So for those guys to say that they may have been inspired by something from me, whether it be drums or personal, like that means a lot, man. Mm-hmm. You know, so. mm-hmm. But I can't take credit for taking somebody under my wing and say, "Hey, I'm gonna show you this and do this." I heard it. Guys are like, I heard an interesting story about you that I want to, I want to bring this up because I think it's, I think it's pretty amazing. Uh, so I was talking to, um, Stanley Randolph and he said that he, he said that he met you in LA and the next day you went to his house and picked him up and drove him all around LA and showed him the scene and, and like showed him where to play and like just sort of mentored him. That, was that Stanley or was that Keith Harris? No, Stanley told me that. Yeah, I, 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 wow. Yeah, I mean, I've done that on a couple of occasions, man. That's awesome. That just—I was just—I just wanted to bring it because we were talking about taking people under their wing. So I don't want to go off on a, on a tangent, but no, with Stanley, with uh, Keith Harris, when Keith first came out, mm-hmm. um, that's when. He signed with, um, was he signed? No, we took him around to Sabian. We took him around to Tama. You know, with Stanley, the same. And that's how it should be, man. Yep. Plus, listen, these guys are too good of a player for me to try to hate and try to be enemies, man. And that's just being, that's just on a manhood one, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, I, I just want to say that for a second. Like, real fast, like, drummers, let's really stick together, man. Like, seriously, I know that there are um, comp- uh, good competition out here, and I respect that. But, like, in each other's soul, man, let's really, let's really be down and have good intentions toward each other, man. We're trying to do the same thing. So that's what I was trying to do with Stanley and with Keith and, and a couple other guys, man. Just spread some love or hang or whatever. Amen to that. So, um... So Juan asks, aside from uh, the blessing of working with some of the world's biggest artists, how do you think that has shaped the person you are in everyday life? Uh, a lot. Personalities, religion, um, um, wisdom, experiences. You know, you, you hang around 
Christina Aguilera every day, you know, for like 10 years. You start to know her, anyone that, that works with her. That's just how it is. But uh, different religions, different insight, uh, respect, you know, food, places, they, it becomes a part of you, you know, where where you uh, you pick up certain things or with Janet Jackson, she's like a sweetheart, you know what I mean? So you might want to be like, you know what, I want to be more, more of a calm person, you know what I mean? It's, you know, or you might, whatever, you might hang around Babyface and just be like, you know what, wow, man, he's a really cool guy, man. He writes some amazing stuff. So it's natural um, to, to uh, collect little gems from, from these greats and these legends even on promoting yourself, even on advertising, even on a lot of things dealing with business, scheduling, appearance, all of that stuff, and you know, come, come, you, you learn it from them. Uh, so the next question is from Michael. He says, "What experience? Uh, do you have experience teaching lessons? And any suggestions for getting students to grow a teaching business?" Uh, yes, I do. I, I do a lot of one-on-one uh, lessons. But my, Antonio will tell you, my classes are different. Like, if you come to me, you're coming to me, what is your purpose? What do you want from me? Like, I'm not about to sit here and go over your paradiddles and your single short roles and all of that stuff. And you do all of that before you come to me. When you come to me, you have a, a purpose and a goal in mind. Because I respect you as a drummer. I respect you the same way. So, we get down to it. If it's playing with um, click tracks. Say, for instance, um, people will say, well, what, what do you think I need to do? Because I want to get to, I want to get a call. So you want to get the call. I want to get a call. All right, cool. How's your timing? Playing with, uh, like, click tracks. Uh, it's cool, it's cool. Now, that's where we're going to start. Because 99.9% of the work that's going to be out here, you're going to be to a click track for a simply for lights, the video, for all kinds of stuff, you know, that's just what it's going to be. So we work on that. We play through songs. We deal with emotions while you're playing. So you're playing, you're coming up. It comes bar seven. It goes bar seven. Oh, it goes bar eight. Wait a minute. I got to slow down because I'm playing to a click track. So we deal with all of those emotions on how to relax and, and let everything come to. We, we deal with real life stuff. That, that you need to know if, for whatever reason, you come. So how how would you suggest how so how would you suggest? So he was asking if you have experience with teaching, and how would you suggest that people grow uh, their teaching business? It's easy. Just get a couple tours with Justin Timberlake, and get a tour with uh-huh. the dot. No, and then you and then uh-huh. and then that'll help you grow. No, go ahead. Uh, I think. I think it's the relationship, and I think it's always keeping the content fresh, keeping it new, like tie whatever you're teaching to something current, so it keeps them excited. It gives them kind of like a vision. If uh, if you say, okay, today we're gonna we're gonna play um, a uh, let's say a Justin Timberlake song, we're gonna concentrate on the Justin Timberlake, and we're gonna authentically play it. You know, that keeps them excited because it's something new. It's, it's like, oh, yeah, I know Justin. T- oh, yeah, I, I saw the video. I did this. I did, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, this is be actually playing with Justin Timberlake. Yeah, this, it keeps them fresh, you know. And so I would suggest the fresh content or the fresh connection to uh, um, your, your uh, what do they call it, to your regiment? Mm-hmm. To your, your repertoire. Yeah, so keeping it fresh, keeping it moving. I would suggest that. Uh, Paul, what's happening, man? Paul Koch, he wanted to know, uh, can you talk a little bit about your approach to Groove and Pocket when driving a powerful pop band? For example, what are you listening for in the band? What do you focus on, bottom end, top, bass, and uh, what are you feeling? Oh, good question. Um, so, uh, first of all, I'm, I'm copying whatever the origin, whatever the beat is. That's the first thing I do. So I'm listening to the groove, and I'm like, uh, uh, okay, okay, this is a 
So I'm like, okay. And then I hear something like the keyboards going, so I might go, so I might add maybe that little shake because now all of those rhythms are within the movement of the music. So then I listen to the bass player, and then I listen to the vocals, and then I listen to such and such. And by the time I finish picking out all the different rhythms that's that's actually in the song, I can do. You you can be in there like mixing it up, man. There's so many things speaking. So basically, I pick out um, things that are already in the track, uh, combined with what the original beat is, and just trying to spice it up a little bit. But I don't necessarily just go off the the Richter trying to do fills. Even if I do a fill, I might do a fill and still drop my snare on the two and four instead of both of my hands going up in the air to do a fill and then coming back. I might incorporate I might incorporate that in there to keep the the groove going while I'm filling. You know, so it's a lot of a lot of listening to what's in the track. A lot of respect, a lot of you know, the listening to the stuff that's already in the mix is a good one for me, including the vocals, everything, everything that's moving. Awesome. So uh, next question, uh, Brian, is it true that there are less contractors and directors nowadays that hire musicians than in the past? Is there a way to get a hold of these contractors without the right connections? I I know of only one or two, maybe two audition agents here in L.A., but would have to be referred by them. That's from uh, that's from Gary Rinaldi. What's up, Gary? How are you, man? Gary, well, this is a good point here. I mean, because let's look at today's times. Um, out of all the work that you can think of, right, that's out here, Usher, Janet, Justin Timberlake, Nicki Minaj, Chris Brown, Ed Sheeran, uh, NERD, John Legend, John Mayer, uh, any artist that you can think of, let me ask you, how many of those artists do you think deal with an agency? And I'm not trying to down any agencies out here or anything like that. But the reality of it is that I would guess that it's not that many because all of these gigs are either ran by a certain musical director, that that's part of his accounts, or... Uh, they know someone or they saw someone on online or they whatever it may be, but I I don't know of contractors contracting out bands. I, I haven't ran across that in a while. So I, I in my experience I I don't I don't think that uh that's something I've seen uh, quite a bit. I used to. Yeah, I guess that's what he was asking too. I guess it's not not really much going on with that. You know, it's, you would have nah. to, you gotta, you gotta network. I mean, you, know? you got, but you think about it. Musical directors are out here are going to try to get as many accounts as possible, right? So say the whole industry, let's just say six musical directors are moving the whole industry. Right. There you have it. I mean, All right. that's what's happening. <laughs> so... Um, to go to an agency, if an agency has a connection with these musical directors, then yeah, I'm in the game. I'm, I'm good to go. Or you can call BFM uh, Consultations, and we have a program for that as well. So it just okay. all depends on, at the end of the day, who's holding the pot of gold. Right. And you got to get to the people that are that are holding the pot of gold. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, so we're, I'm going to take one more question said uh, from Michael, unless anyone, uh, if anybody else has any questions. So um, it says, if you have time on tour to practice, what sort of things do you work on to challenge yourself? Uh, for me, I sit down and I work with expression, where I might have a loop going, and uh, there's a melody going with this loop, and I'm not playing the beat. I'm not going to play the beat. I'm going to play the melody. I'm going to try to play uh, a melody over top with my toms. I'm going to express freely um, and open my mind up. So this this opens 
the floodgates for my expression and different rhythms and calculations and methods that I can do. And then I worked with um, uh, I worked with a lot of groove stuff. I did a, a, a webinar with uh, Drumio on this on this topic of uh, chop and the groove. So where I'll play, I'll have a click track going, and I'll try to repeat myself every two bars. I change it every two bars. So. So what's happening is, is every two bars, I'm forced to change the groove. I still got a groove, though. But you know how it happens when you play all the stuff that you know in your head. You play all the stuff that you know, and then the whole 100% creative aspect takes over until you don't know what what you're going to do. So you get to that point, and then you repeat it again. So this trains this trains me to be creative and listen to what I've done. Maybe a mistake. I'm going to know what I did so I can go back and fix it. It may be a new idea for the groove. I'm going to repeat it again so that I can make something out of it. So the, this, these methods keep my uh, creative juices going. Expressing, making new grooves, playing with my t- with click track, with timing, because that's what most of my jobs require. Uh, so out of those three things, that's what I practice when I, when I sit down with the kid. Awesome. So um, I think that that's probably uh, a good place to stop. So a few things. First of all, thank you, Brian, for, for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you for everybody attending. Um, and this was for the kickoff of Drummer's Resource Pro. So what Drummer's Resource Pro is, is a way for you to interact with and connect with legendary drummers like Brian and the, the legendary music industry pros. And this is what we do every other week. So we have a, a live Q&A masterclass like this. And if you, you can attend the masterclass live, ask any questions that you'd like. And if you can't attend live, you can submit your questions and we'll ask them during the webinar. And from there, you'll also be able to access the archive of the stuff that we go over. You can, you'll get, um, audio versions of this. So you can listen to it on the go. There'll be PDF downloads that, that summarize everything that we talk about. And then also, um, it'll have what we have is artist connect. So you'll be able to connect directly with Brian and then you can set up your own, your own lessons or you can connect with any artist that, that we have on here. We have Calvin Rogers, uh, in two weeks. So every other week live, uh, Q and a masterclass is just like this. If you sign up now, it's $9.99 a month. Uh, that price is going to go up to $14.99 a month. But if you get locked in, you're locked in forever. Uh, that price will, will never go up. So it'll always be $9.99 a month if you get locked in. So just go to Drummer's Resource pro.com drummers resource pro.com and you can get signed up and 9.99 a month to have this sort of interactivity uh every other week and like i said if you can't make it you can submit your questions and hear your questions get answered later and uh there's a ton of stuff if you go to drummers resource pro.com there's a video on there and all of the information about it also uh since you're part of this, I'm going to send out an email to every single one of you to tell you how you can interact with Brian, how you can, uh, how you can connect with him and you can schedule BFM consultation. So he does career consulting. Uh, and I strongly, strongly suggest that, uh, that you do that as well. So I'll be sending out the email for that. And if does anybody have any questions about the membership at drummers resource pro, um, does anybody have any last questions for Brian or about his consultating or consultations or anything like that? We'll leave, leave that open for, for a minute. So Antonio asked, um, it says, how close do you get to the artists you work with? Are you able to get close and hang out or do they stay in, in separate from the brand, from the band? Uh, every artist is different, but I mean, generally, you're going to be around them. You know, you're, you're around them all day. You, you know, you might eat together. You might have a, a movie night or you might create music together. So um, I, would cons- I would think that anyone that's touring with an artist uh, develops some type of relationship, you know, with them. It's just natural. But it's not like, a, oh, you never see the person. You know, you never. I mean, you have to. In, in order to get some work done. So. Cool. 
Uh, Gary asked if there's a yearly membership option for Drummers Resource Pro. There's not right now because it's $9.99 a month. Uh, once it goes to the $14.99 a month, there'll be a discounted uh, yearly thing. But $9.99 a month is the cheapest it's ever going to be. So uh, it's just sort of the launch price for everybody, for the people on the mailing yeah. list, for the for the people that are that are attending. Uh, so I, I suggest if you want to get in, you know, it's it's less than a pair of drumsticks a month, and uh, and you can you get to you get to hang and, and chat with these cats. So, um, so if anybody doesn't have any last questions, oh, the Motown Three question George was asking about. Uh, he was talking about Benny Pistol Allen and Ryle Johns, and how and did they have any influence on your style of playing? Um, I know I highly respect them at all, but that wasn't. And during the time that I was influenced, I grew up in church. You know, I learned I learned about that later on. <laughs> but I knew Joel Smith. I knew I knew like Garfield Williams and Anthony Spike McCray and all of these guys. They they were I mean, Jeff Lowe Davis, I mean all of these guys were were like my Motown six. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. But I I learned about them those guys later, but as as far as it being a part of my influence they weren't a major part of my, my influence. They influenced millions, though. Yeah, absolutely. Just not because of my upbringing, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Thank you, everybody. We appreciate it. Brian, my man, thank you. Thank you, brother. So much, man. I appreciate it. And uh, get some sleep. It's now, it's 2 o'clock in the morning over there, so... So I just want to let you know, I appreciate you for doing this and for everyone who attended. Thank you so much. See you guys. So there you have it. My man, Brian Frazier Moore, and happy to uh, have another episode with him. I love that dude. And and we're from the same city. We're both from Philadelphia, which is cool. And But I hope you got some, some great knowledge out of that because this dude has been doing it forever. I mean, he's been doing it for so long at the highest level. And we talked about all the people he's played with. And who better to give career advice than Brian and to answer those amazing questions. So hope you dug it. If you do, leave a rating or review. That makes the podcast show up higher in search results and all that stuff and i appreciate it and also quick note now that i'm in la i'm going to have access to a lot more la guys so i'm going to be doing a lot more in-person interviews so keep an eye out for those i've been i'm trying to stay away from doing them remote because i think that there's more intimacy when i do them in person so definitely more of those coming soon and that's why i've been re-releasing i I keep saying re-releasing but that's why i've been putting out some of the older things that that i recorded that you have never heard before because i'm saving up uh some time to do all these in-person interviews so i hope you dug up i hope you dug the the last couple that we released and we got some all new stuff coming at you soon so until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so much for listening i'll be talking to you soon peace